You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Hey, uh, somebody likes it on Twitter. So if you've ever wanted to say something to us or add us in 140 characters, you can do it. We're at somebody underscore likes because uh, Twitter handles are short and weird. Uh, it has come to my attention this week there is such a thing as a $29,000 refrigerator. Oh, sure. Wait. That's a lot of money for a Yeah, fridge. wait. I feel like you can get in and out for like 1500 bucks and be just fine. Well, no, wait. So, wait. Well, we're going to need more information. All right. So, this couple comes into the restaurant, and my lovely girlfriend that I work with um, is friends with them, and... The wife was just like a little miffed at him because he had gone out and she said $25,000 on her refrigerator. He's like, honey, it was $29,000. And <laughs> you're not uh, honey. Yeah. I guess I, I hear like one of the two old guys in trading spaces or trading places. places. Yeah, like saying like Heathcliff. It was like Randolph and Mortimer, I believe. Or something like that. Anyway, yeah. uh, apparently there's an app on it where like you can. Uh, you can there be, better be an app. You on can it. Be, on the, be at the grocery store and see what's in re- your refrigerator. Uh, so you can be like, oh, yeah, I need to pick up, like, I don't know, ice cream. You, you know, know what? The milk's so getting gonna, low. So you're going to spend as much as you're going to spend on a really nice car. To be able to, like, check your inventory. To be able to forget to take a fucking shopping list Or you could you. take a, like, literally take a picture of your, refri- like, what's inside your refrigerator. It, yeah, you it leave. seems like, like a pretty high markup just to have an app for the contents right. of your refrigerator. Well, you know what, what would make me very happy? You know how, like, all those... You know those sort of devices people are hacking into. It like I just I hope I so hope that that person's house is or the refrigerator is just hacked into. And well, they're, they're really nice people, and apparently we're going out to dinner with them sometime in the next couple of weeks. Oh well, okay. Yeah. It looks like they have a lot of money to spend on superfluous things. So, well, that's dinner with me. Yes. Well, why? No, no, no. I'm saying like dinner. You know, they have. A, you should ask them to make you something out of their fridge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you <laughs> spent twenty nine thousand know dollars on your refrigerator. Why would you ever go out to dinner? Like, ever. Well, I, what, I, what I said to uh, my girlfriend was, well, does it, like, make you dinner? Yeah, you there know, better be a family that, of five that living that in that money. Yeah, seriously. Jeez, Louise, man. The more I think about it, the crazier it is. Yeah, Can it, you, like, get in it and drive it around? Like, what else does it do? Like, an app is not... Yeah, we need to make a list. Okay. Uh, also, Kevin's shirt. Yeah, Kevin's wearing a shirt that I just took yeah. a gander at. Uh Kevin, what what's going on with that? Oh, so well, so this past weekend, um, Allison and and my daughter went to Brooklyn for a couple of days to see a friend of ours that used to live here and moved out there. And so, anyway, um, they were walking around in Brooklyn and um, saw this guy uh, pushing a stroller with a shirt that says uh, "Punk is Dad" on it. And went and found it and ordered it and sent it to the house. And I had no idea what it was going to be until it showed up today. And she was like, I've just been white knuckling, like praying that it would show up before the podcast so you could wear it to the podcast. So anyway. Well, it uh, did. But yes, it did. It showed up today. And now I am punk as dad. I did. And like, here's the thing. Shirt works on many levels. A, it's kind of a dad joke. It is a B, dad joke. Yeah. B, it's a little, you know, like giant font. It's a little punky. It's a little like, funny that it looks like like somebody just forgot the e, you know. Yeah, well, maybe that's true too. Anyway, but yeah, well, we, did have, a, we did have a we did have a thread among the four of us earlier this week that just, just stupid dad jokes. Uh, yeah, that was pretty uh, funny. Oh well, then let's talk about why that happened. We won't sidebar on this for too long. But um, what was the name of the? Uh, is it Koi Koi Division? 
the um, oh the, the, the Mark, Mark, producer band. Mark sent that out. Yeah, Mark sent around a, a note about Koi Division, a Joy Division uh, fish themed uh, Joy Division cover band <laughs> from California. So, yeah, no, and I made the comment that that carp must be pretty funny. Yeah. So everybody, anyway, yeah, everybody we'll, ran with. We'll that just one. ground this podcast into they have dust really good the tunas. first five minutes. Say again. They have really good tunas. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway. That's what it was like all weekend with that yes. chain of links. Please anyway. stop. All right. So for now, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Mark. I'm Kevin. And this is Somebody Likes It. This week in Schadenfreude. So last week we talked about Is it Mar- Schadenfreude or just Schadenfreude. I I, I've always heard it as Schadenfreude, but I mean, I, okay, I see how it could be. Either potato, one. potato. One of you is going to be right, and the other one can revel in that person. The, the person's pain. I don't yes. know. I mean, <laughs> well, being wrong. I, I, it's probably it's probably akin to how like um, some people say Montmartre and some people say Montmartre, you know, or what it's. Or some people say La Croix, and some people say La Croix. Well, it is LaCroix. That's what the company says. But yeah. anyway. Yeah, so let's, let's talk about that for 25 minutes. Yeah, that sounds You'd great. You'd think that yeah. the Smiths were in that band. <coughs> hey, we ripped it off already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, hey, okay, I'll just say the word Morrissey, so it's already out there. There you go. Okay, so last week Scott's dead. on Somebody Likes It, we spoke of most hated man in America, Martin Shkreli, the farmer bro, and how he was going to put his uh, U-Ting album – uh, the Wu Tang, excuse me, album that he bought for two million dollars up on uh, eBay and sell it. But and, he might just but he break might just it break it because he's a fucking asshole. So this is what happened the other day. He sent a Facebook post, and in that Facebook post, basically what he said was, "I'll pay somebody five thousand dollars because Hillary Clinton's on a book tour right now." He said, "I'll pay somebody five thousand dollars if you can go bring me some of Hillary Clinton's hair." And so today, the judge revoked his five million dollar bail. Um, even they had a bail hearing where his um, well, yeah, he's been uh, convicted of like securities fraud. He's been convicted of securities fraud. Um, he's he, he faces up to twenty years in prison. And his lawyers were saying, um, "We're talking about a First Amendment thing here." And the judge like completely. Well, this is what okay. Number one, Scraley after after the Secret Service came and visited him about it. Then he went. Is it a visit, really? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's. They that's, had tea. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I'm sure they. Oh, would you like some coffee? Would you like sugar with that? Right. Um, after the Secret Service came in and uh, had a sit down with him, he then immediately proceeded to go back on Facebook and mock their visit and be a fucking tool again. And then today he had a written letter to the judge that says, "I understand now that some may have read my comments about Mrs. Clinton as threatening, when that was never my intention when making those comments." See, karma's a fucking bitch if you're that much of a dick. Because then the judge said, quote, he does not need to apologize to me. He should have apologized to the government, the Secret Service, and Hillary Clinton. This is a solicitation of assault that is not protected by the First Amendment. There has been a danger presented through his post. And then immediately revoked his bail, and he will be in jail at least until the sentencing, which is sometime in January. I'm kind of loving that. Yes. Who's not? His mom, maybe? 
I don't even him? think she likes him. <laughs> um, I mean, I haven't met her, but um, I don't know who could. All right, look at this fucking look at this picture of this asshole. Just look at him. Yeah, he looks like a tool. Yeah, you know, just like a regular tool. No, he's a fucking. Uh, he's no, a no piece he's a tool with money. Okay. Um, well, but you do bring up a good point. Like the First Amendment does protect free speech, but you know, it's the difference between like yelling like fire in, fire in your backyard or fire in a crowded movie theater. Right. Like you, you compel somebody to action, especially against a public figure who's got Secret Service detail. Like, no, you can't do that. Asshole. Well, so Martin Scully is someone that I absolutely loathe. But when it comes to the all-time pantheon of assholes in America, in the in 20th century and 21st century America, he is nothing. He is in no way even can hope of holding a candle to Gene Simmons, bass bass player from from Kiss. That guy, bass player, mostly lead singer. No, 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 no. Paul tongue, Paul Stanley leader. was lead Did singer. He sing most. Like I think. Oh yeah, by far. Gene Simmons. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. No, Gene Simmons was just the f- famous stick your tongue out. Gene Simmons is mostly famous for his love of himself and of money. And his long tongue and blowing fire. Actually, this is – this is I learned this today. Do you know that – and this is uh, apparently a fact that Gene Simmons holds the trademark on the on the, the like a visual of a bag of money, like a, like the emoji of a bag of money? He trademarked that? Dude, he tries to trademark everything. Like a, like a sack of money with the dollar sign on yeah. it? Yep. Yeah. I'm not surprised to hear that. It's lo- – it's again, It's he's loathsome. I was talking to our friend Chad about it, and he was like, yeah, you know when um, – oh, um, Scottish band that put out a record called Bandwagon-esque. Oh, Teenage Fan Club. Yeah, yeah. so when Teenage Fan Club put out that record with the – would that predate the, that? Probably, but I don't know how long that 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 thing goes back. But like in theory, Chad was like, "Yeah, like they would have to." So have Gene to. Simmons makes like a half a penny every time you buy. A I, have, I have no record. idea. Well, I have no idea what the math is. Let me but, just say this: immediately when you brought up that bandwagon, I mean, immediately when you said that about the emoji, that's what popped in my head was the cover to that record. Yeah. So so let me read this to you real quick, um, and then we're going to. I've got you guys have got to hear what this is about, and then we're gonna we're gonna turn it off. The broadcast. I'll, you guys are going to watch a minute and a half long video with me, and we're going to come back and briefly talk about it. But here's what's going on with Gene Simmons. He just announced a a thing called the Vault. It's a comprehensive. Oh, I heard about this ridiculously packaged box set of his solo material that arrives in a literal 38 pound safe. The sticker price for the set is two thousand dollars and includes 150 re- unreleased songs. It also has 10 discs of solo material, a leather-bound photo book, a Gene Simmons action figure without kiss regalia, an in-Gene We Trust gold medallion, and a, quote, surprise gift. So we're going to watch this video, but there's still something even more Gene Simmons than this. We're going to watch this video, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the even more Gene Simmons thing that's involved in, in the vault. So, Mark, Can't wait. let's do it. Hi, everybody. It's Gene Simmons here in the studio working on something I've wanted to do my whole life. My career-spanning solo recordings box set called The Vault. But I need your help. Some good stuff. Man. So. Yeah, so what the what that article probably goes on to say, and and uh, it's really funny because I was talking to 
I was talking to our buddy Chad that I mentioned a minute ago about this very thing earlier. He's got a friend who is working on that thing, and he's like, so there's the $2,000 deal. Oh, yeah, then there's the big one. Then, well, there are two big ones. There's one for twenty five grand where it's like you get – you get what you get for two. You go and then in the studio. You go in the studio, and it's like you give him your thoughts on what it is that he's working on now. I can't even imagine how hilarious that would be. And then the third one is for fifty grand. You can invite people over, and he'll come over and hang out for a couple of no, hours. No, like, fifty-two grand. Is it's it fifty-two? 50. He still adds in the uh, cost of the box set. Uh-oh. You're only paying fifty thousand dollars for him. And so, by for the way, personal he, appearance fee for his personal appearance. So, by the way, in that video. It like it has like a split second thing where like he shows up with the vault and he's sitting with like a dad and a mom and two kids. Yeah, they like, roll it over to the family on the couch. He, he <laughs> rolls it over. <laughs> pulls this massive vault over. <laughs> but by the way, it was a massive vault and very briefly on the screen it shows it shows up. It says prototype model sizes may vary. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that yeah, massive vault yeah. is not the actual size. Anyway, it looks. I mean, anybody who pays $52,000 for that deserves whatever it is they get on the other side. Like, man, Look, man that guy. Po- and, and probably he's going to sell some, which is I insane know. to me. Yeah. One would think that, like, the, the, that's some, like, like, if your high school, like, child recorded you for, like, a, like their, you know, their 10th grade photojournalism project, it would be about that quality. Oh, that level? Yeah, it's no, like, some kid from the AV club, like, shot a commercial. And he's wearing three different sets of shades, all indoors, um, sunglasses, all indoors, and And apparently Mark pointed out that, like, he's got a crowd for the filming of yeah you could see you could see everybody on the other side of the camera in his mirrored sunglasses on one of those, like, shots, so. Dude, that guy is continuity, friend. That's yeah. all. Well, no, there's continuity when it comes to his like assholeness. Well, no, there's there should be. Uh, we're just saying we've already talked about this way longer than it needs, but um, there's no continu- there's no continuity from like from like shot to shot. So you would get you would get total outfit changes in the middle of the same paragraph as, as they jump cut from one to the other. So anyway, it's just goofy. You know, whatever. Yeah. Good luck with your if you're running Good around luck with in a, your vault. Yes, if you're if you're sleeping on a pile of money and you're like, oh, I could have a shitty vault for this. Then call Gene Simmons. He has one that uh, he can hook you up with. All right, kids. What are we here to talk about? Well, you picked a record. It's true. Uh, Band of Horses turns out their first proper album, uh, Everything All the Time, from 2006, also known as the one with the funeral on it. Yeah, I thought it occurred to me that like if your first album is everything all the time, like really, what can you name anything else? Because you really pretty much covered well, it on the something first else some of the time, <laughs> something something else part of the time. Other yeah, things sure, that like, we yeah. forgot about, right? Yeah. Also, this you can call it your your you know comma. It's like the uh, all the sequels they didn't make. To, uh, I still know what you did last summer, etc. <laughs> that that was a long thread that we had back in the day. It yeah. was. Back in the day. Anyway, so tell us about uh, tell us about Band of Horses, Ryan. Uh, well, really, it's a dude, and like right, whoever he happens to have around him at the time, Ben Bridwell. Yeah, Ben Bridwell. Um, he's from, I believe, South Carolina, one of the Carolinas, um, <clears throat> but was living in Seattle uh, at this time. Happened to get a gig opening up for Iron and Wine. 
Well, and he used to be, and previously was in. He was in a band called Carissa's Weird, which almost broke. Like as they were just starting. Yeah, Carissa's Weird apparently had a little bit of a following. They misspell weird because I always think of weird as like I before E except after C except in weird, which is weird. Right. Um, but they misspell it. They put the I before the E. So yeah, anyway. but they got they got rock and roll license, bro. Yeah, whatever. Like the other I'm thing. I'm sure that they had figured it. I'm sh- I'm pretty sure that like. They they didn't go through like years of playing in a band and nobody ever figured it out. That well, I'm sure, but like I just wonder if they just like went with it and somebody misspelled it first. Because that's the the other thing about this particular record, the first song on it's called First Song, and a band that I used Great. to work with, uh, like when their actual record, like on a tiny label but a label, uh, came out, they had a song on it called New Song that they just forgot to name when they sent in. The track listing to the the pressing plant, yeah, and so the song forever, like after was named new song. That's actually pretty funny. Yeah, so I don't know if that's the case. Not with a the bad, first song, not a bad little. I doubt it's the case. This is a much. Well, no, this is it, not a tiny little it, label. It, no, no, it's a more professional operation. But anyway, I dug the record. Um, like I don't need to hear a whole album of Band of Horses all at the same time. Uh, but like taken individually, like I, I like each of these songs, and of course there's the one like kind of monster in the middle that. I actually disagree with you. That I don't love that song, and I never have. Really? Yeah, I I don't know why it just doesn't do it for me. There's songs on this album I like a lot better than that one. It's not a bad song. It's 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 got the build up and release. I don't know. It's been kind of ubiquitous. Like the song "The Funeral." Yeah, has been kind of ubiquitous in my life for the last. 11 years i mean it's still it's in bars all the time and every time i'm like yeah that's pretty good but it's never been like what's well, funny I was, I was closing the restaurant the other day and the girl i was closing with um i put that song on and she was like i'm really surprised you like this and i was like why this is kind of up my alley and she was like well because it's really popular and you're always playing stuff i've never heard of before <laughs> <laughs> it, it is yeah again like the, the how ubiquitous it was did you say we, did you know me when we when i was listening to slippery when wet when, when we had no, to listen to that that no, week. No, but I did bring up to her that I love Hey Ya and Hollaback Girl. Oh, God. Uh, so I don't care how popular a song is or not. If it's a good song, it's a good song. Well, the point, I, the I, point is, yeah, is no, that I you were, it was I'm homework. You were, you were doing homework. Yeah, I was, I was actually decent. So um, the, arguably the best article that I found on this Band of Horses record was put out by a site called Diffuser, which I don't, haven't read before. It was really... Uh, I thought it was really well written, but anyway, the, I think they made the guy who wrote this article made a really interesting point about the year 2006, and he said the year 2006 represents an age of earnest indie rock when everyone wanted to be sung to softly and sincerely. It was the era of Bon Iver, Fleet Foxes, and My Morning Jacket, and everything all the time fits neatly into that milieu. It isn't hard to see why Band of Horses found an audience so quickly, but everything all the time is an album that feels driven by the band's heart. Well, it's an album uh, overflowing with sincerity and emotion at the risk of any kind of detached mystique. I guess I can see that. The thing that I kind of get lost in a little bit is the delivery. Um, and I, and I, I like the record. Um, but I will also say that, uh, that I, some of the, I guess maybe it could just be their method doesn't totally connect with me. Like I, I tend to, distance myself from anything that feels a little bit on the vocal side like a little bit wall of soundy and there is a lot of that sort of uh sparsity and echoey shit going on on this record you, that you're talking about vocals about. or you're talking about the rest of the music well um, in this in di- genu- generally speaking vocals yeah like, the vocals kind of sound like they're like in an 
not quite an echo chamber, but it, right. it also doesn't sound like it's like triple tracked. I'm not sure what the effect is. Okay, there's a lot of reverb on it. it th- this album, um, I'm not a huge fan of his vocals, but I like the music a lot. It's clearly well written, and I do like the like the you know, and this is just part of this is just showing my age, right? Like, but the sort of that that loud, soft, loud thing that was so prevalent, like even well, the echoes of echoes of the '90s into the mid 2000s, I think you still see some of that. This sounds a lot of this record sounds like, and to, by the way, like this is this predates Fleet Foxes, like whoever wrote this, like, and I'm pretty sure Bonnie Vera. But to me, this album sounds like. I don't think it was. In, I don't think that's exactly what he meant. But okay, oh, okay. yeah. But I'm, I'm. It's like kind of like what we were talking about a few weeks ago. Whenever we we were listening to that Midlake song, which sounds like the the bridge between My Morning Jacket and Band of Horses to me. But I think a lot of this album and a lot of that that those vocal the vocal stuff you're talking about, like all that reverb, that like wall of reverb, um, makes it even makes me even more think that this album was. For people that wanted my morning jacket to just keep remaking at dawn over and over and over again, well, one of which is me, but it's not as good as that. But you c- it definitely sounds like like uh, like early my morning jacket for sure. Well, the, the whole record kind of has that sort of slow arpeggio motif. It's like. a little more chiny than than my morning jacket, but and the songs aren't quite as good. But it's but it's, it's a pretty funny, solid. It's funny record. you brought up the the lyric thing because the um, one of the things I was looking at, uh, Ben Bridwell was like, um, yeah, I didn't concentrate so much. I'm not paraphrasing, but he was like, I didn't concentrate so much on the lyrics. Like there are lyrics on it and I wrote them down and everything. <laughs> well, what, oh, why don't you, but like, they're not terrible. I just don't even notice them. I don't really. notice them either. It's the way he sings. I mean, it's, a, I think it's a pretty solid record personally, it's, but it's a little more in my wheelhouse, but it does get a little samey after a while, but I'll tell you what, man, there's some fucking crazy good songs on it. No, there's some the, fantastic our, songs on the, it. The third um, song, the first song, um, then Our Swords, and the funeral's great. Um, well, let's, part let's, one is let's, great. Let's, I mean, there's great into, songs let's on Let's get it. into the funeral, just because, like, we'd be Hey, let's go to the funeral, it. you guys. Yeah. That sounds That sounds punchy. Yeah. Just be it's ubiquity that like got on your nerves or something because I think that's a it brilliant gonna, song. It doesn't get on my nerves at all. I didn't say that. I like the song. I like the song quite a bit. I just don't love it. I never did. I don't know what it is. There's something that's real like '90s about it that I just don't respond to. It doesn't make me a bad person. How was it '90s? Uh, um, I don't know the loud and soft part. I feel like could be. I mean, like it kind of builds and then it has that know. like kind of explosion of. Look, can um, you can you pick out the reason why you like or dislike? 
No. I mean, that's a good. And point. I don't. And I don't. And like, and it I, doesn't even matter where you're going to finish look, that sentence. That, that's totally true. I don't know why I like some things and not others. I, I don't dislike that. I like that. I think it's a good, a really good song. I just don't think it's like ah, great song. My know? my opinion of Band of Horses has always been prior to sitting down and listening to this record with a more studied ear has always been. I would never. I wouldn't call this band twee. Like I don't think they're precious, but it's like there's something that always felt a little affected to me, and I don't know exactly. Affected is a great. Like, it's a singing like, style. That's probably what it is. I'm, yeah. you know, well, maybe it's like too sincere. It's like, kind of got a higher register too. This is right, right, right. Musically, right in my wheelhouse. I I would expect myself to just fucking love it, and I don't. And I think it's because I don't like his singing that much. Like I think it's a little affected for me. Personally. So they, I'll, I'll give you another little nugget out of this same review. We'll see if you dis- disagree with this too, Shane. Uh, this guy goes on to say, lead, singer, lead single to Funeral feels like it was made for that scene at the end of the movie where all the buildings explode, and it was appropriated for a Ford commercial, which earned the band no small amount of indie finger-wagging. So, I mean, I don't know if that makes it a Fight Club thing exactly. but uh, Well, yeah, that, but, that but, made him not even realize he was lifting that from the end of Fight, fight oh, I think fight. he, I think he probably did. But anyway, yeah. The point being is, like, you know, there was a, it was a little bit of a soundtrack that got immediately that song. Probably part of the reason why that song is still, you know, omnipresent today is it got appropriated for some stuff where it just got played all the time. I just hear it all the time. This is another good example of a band that that is a really in in dire needs of a greatest hits album, like. They they do because like, because I, you know I don't know if you guys remember but a couple months the record ago, after this has a couple songs that I really love on it um, the last record that they put out has some I remember I I played like they had like, they were getting they were doing their foray into more rocking stuff and I played the video for um, Casual Party and um, that song's great and no like, I, I heard them like piped in I was watching a football game with uh, some friends the other day at a, a restaurant and like they were piping in music and I was like. My girlfriend was right in the middle of telling me this like really kind of like heavy story, and I was like, "I'm sorry, I just have to tell you this is Band of Horses, Band of from, horses. Their, from their new record." Uh, keep keep your train of thought, uh, but like I like I like the direction <laughs> that's a Ryan. That's a Ryan thing. I would do that too, though. By the way, yeah, I just I, I mean I, I was trying to divide my attention, and I was like, "No, this is a really good song. It's from their new record. It just came out last year." And anyway, we're talking about them on the show next week. And go ahead. Like, uh, <laughs> and then you just went and rocked yourself in a corner. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's always a that's always a good like possibility. You're gonna get some water in your face, or I thought she was gonna be a lot madder, but no, she was like, "No, you're fine. Like, I I know where I am." There you go. Um, she's talking about like hurricane relief or something. Anyway, uh, anyway, I I think that's a pretty great song, and I I haven't got tired of it yet. It so. is a good song. It's and and, and I, I th- there is there is one song we'll talk about this later that I that I want to play that like. Kills me on this record, but um, but we'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, do you want to play another one? Yeah, the well, actually, the the one other song that I actually knew from this, which I don't know how I know it, but I I've just heard it a few times, is Our Swords. Our Swords. That's the song. I'm and it's about, actually yeah. not a single. Um, the other single is The Great Salt Lake, but uh, Our Swords I think is fantastic. It's and awesome. somehow I knew it. But yeah, let's get into Our Swords. Yeah. 
what are your thoughts? I love that song. I that do is too. By far my favorite song on the record. And, and part of the reason why is because, like in contrast to the funeral, like, um, like the chorus, there's a. This there's may be the only song on the record without arpeggios on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we were talking about before about it's. Well, I was gonna say like it, it's the it's the mid aughts version of like REM in just like a different kind of jangly, like a different kind of arpeggiation. Mm-hmm. So it's two yeah. guitars instead of one, but that's a whole other conversation. But this is just it's just bass and guitar and vocals. But when it goes to the, it's mostly yeah, it's just bass. Well, probably two bass players and like we, snare pretty much. Yeah, um, it's. It, but the, what really kills that song is um, that that the the melodic structure of it and and the, the melody and then it and then it shifts down. It's like on the bass, like to let's nail that chord because it's all bass chords. I love that song, man. I think it fucking kills. And um, I, that was the one. Like every since I've been familiar with this band, that I'm I'm always like, oh, that's the song. I so wish- and I and I do like think that's a good example of like. The production on this record, which is great, and I looked it up like while we were listening to the song, that the producer uh, Phil Eck uh, was kind of a like a protege of Jack and Dino, who recorded Bleach for Nirvana, and of course Seattle-based. But um, so Phil Eck went on went on to work with not only Band of Horses but Fleet Foxes, Modest Mouse, The Shins. Built to spill, um, yeah. All, all, you can, all, man, all bands Nothing that could play in the same in festival, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, same stage, yeah, definitely. And and you know, I'm, I mentioned uh, not on air, but in, in the break uh, after the funeral, or while we we're listening to the funeral, there's that that little yeah, trill yeah. that happens in the you intro maybe they to that song. The neck? So in the intro, that yeah, in the intro of that song, when he's sliding his hand up and down the neck to hit those chords. You can hear the fingers go across the frets. I, I always like that. And they must have they must have mic'd but it's gotta the be neck intentional. of the guitar yeah. just to get that. Well, right, it, which is to, the idea is to make it feel like a more like you're sitting in on something. Yeah, like, it gives you that that acoustic coffee shop I'm feel. A, sure, I'm, a, I'm yeah. a fan of that of that effect. Yeah, I do for whatever reason like hearing like fingers or a pick hitting the string. I'm going to put uh, out a record that is just like uh, the sliding up and down in the neck and then uh, record scratching. Oh, we can we can watch some. Um, You're going to call it Punk is Dad? <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. That's like, Punk is Dad 2, the sequel. Yes. I don't know. Maybe. You guys want to go, go into the intermission? Yep. All right. Let's do it. Play it. I'm so tempted to play a Gene Simmons song, like in the in the little play all of them, all one hundred fifty. Well, apparently, yeah. well, apparently <laughs> like Mark just found out if you if you go ahead and pull up his his uh, by the vault website or whatever, every single tab that you click on plays a different Gene Simmons song, and it plays it in a cacophony all at once. Which, again, this guy is supposed to be really media savvy, but really he's just like a he's a well, he, no, dude. he puts out a bad infomercial. For, to promote the thing and and also like you can just listen to every song on the website for free if you want. Okay, look, is there anything more of a dickhead move to constantly wear sunglasses unless you're blind or you forgot your sunglasses are on your face because you're stressed out? Does that happen? 
Is that a thing people do? Is that, that why? Is that I would why say artificially that? inflating the uh, the price of uh, drugs is probably more of a dick move, but that's just me. those are the only. Two no, that's a pretty. That's a pretty. That's, yeah, that's like a really the, bad dick move. Yeah. Yeah, increasing the price or of saying like, you're going to save age drugs by like three thousand percent just because yeah. yeah. you have the yeah. loan. I that's worse than wearing sunglasses. Okay, when you I totally agree with you. Five, it was five thousand percent, not three thousand. Oh, pardon. That's just yeah. Yeah. That's that's two thousand more. That's almost. Don't sell the guy short. So, okay, so last week Kevin uh, played a, a 90s video, and um, and so I was thinking, oh, I have a couple of 90s videos I want to play, and then I heard this song on the radio. It's a song that I haven't thought of in a long time, and we all around these parts, I feel like, like to listen to 90s hip-hop, so I'd like to listen to Tennessee by Arrested Development. Lord, I've really been real stressed down in Listenable. It's a fantastic oh. song, and I'd seen that video a bunch, like in the early nineties. When did that come out? Like, like ninety two. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I did not remember the lynching imagery. Yeah, the end of it. So here's the thing about that. Yeah, I didn't either until I watched it earlier. Um, here's the thing about that. So it's it's Afrocentric, like you were talking about. I mean, you can you can. It's in that same period of time where. Tribe called all the stuff that was coming out of New York, like Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, et al. Diggable Planets. Dig, well, Diggable Planets is a little bit later, but but yeah, from New York. But but this is th- these these dudes are from Atlanta, so like it's a different kind of well, a- no, Afrocentric. It's, like, it's like a Southern Afrocentric kind of thing, but it no. also kind of reminds me of like early Spike Lee movies. Well, Spike Lee had them. Spike Lee kind of discovered them. I didn't know bit. that. Yeah, kind of. Emphasis on the kind of, but but here's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I mean, the clothes look a little bit similar, but rather than a celebration of Africa, it's a celebration of of the slaves of the South. I mean, it's a very very different, very different concept coming on at basically the same time, and like you really see like the the regionalism. Is that a word? Regionalism. Regionalism. Yeah, we'll yeah. make it one. If you, it's you, not, you get what I'm it's saying. Taking right? off right now. Yeah, I'm sure it's taking off. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but it's a song I never think about, and it's I could listen to it like ten That's times. One, in a row. And it was like ubiquitous for a while. I don't know if that was like Very, a song of the summer or something. Well, here, it, it, well, here's what happened to that band, as far as I understand. Then they had this very serious, very hooky, but but also serious song, and then Mr. Wendell came out a novelty song right after this. 
not too far afterward. The song was all right. It was about sure, it was like, a fine like, song, like like about a homeless guy that they yeah. But it sounds like a novelty song, and yeah. it, it ran into two things. It ran into it being a novelty song, and it ran into fucking gangster rap, which killed any rap like this for a long time. You know, Dr. Dre. I don't know. A couple of things sprung to mind. One is that band is very different than the show. I didn't see Pop Pop anywhere. Yeah, in that where video. Was, I looked. I looked. He wasn't. Frankly, wasn't. Oh, Arrested Development. Where the was show? Lil Open Cunningham on that? Right. Exactly. Um, George Michael. You know, as long as we're talking. Yeah, I didn't see Michael Sarah in there anywhere. No. It, no. Anyway, whatever. Um, I but, think that was the pilot. Hey, hey guys, <laughs> can, can you play some hip hop? It's really happening. Anyway, but the other thing is, is like. Um, I do, it was ubiquitous at the time. I do remember that it was politically charged at the time. And I actually end up like kind of throwing it in a similar, like not in terms of the content, because obviously the content is more serious, but in terms of that groove and like where it is that I package that, the groove from this track in, in my sort of like whatever, my personal musical Rolodex, whatever, um, alongside like uh, Bell Biff DeVoe Poison. Like it's one of those types of grooves that just man that sticks with you for a while, and it was an early nineties. The 90s beat thing. is similar. I can, yeah, like the you know what the snare sound is really similar. Yeah, to, to, to a lot of that new jack stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's not trying slower, to do the same thing, but, but it's but it's yeah. equally catchy. Well, no, it sounds the same. I mean, I get what Kevin's saying. I never would have thought of that, but that 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 snare sound sounds a lot like dun, 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 that girl is you know. Yeah. Anyway, can, can I just read one thing that I th- like this? This uh, this sentence right here it seems like it makes this uh, Wikipedia page seem like as though it were edited by like a ten year old. Okay, Arrested Development is an American alternative hip hop group that was formed in Atlanta in 1988. Period. It was founded by Speech and his ex best friend Headliner. Oh, like his ex best friend. friend. Like hey, we cool. we were best friends, and but then now we he's my ex best friend. Like, why would you put that on your Wikipedia page? Unless you're like twelve year old daughter. So I, I'm wondering, uh, Shane, you might have some insight into this uh, as well as the other fellas. Um, what is it about? Like, there there's songs that you hear on the radio all the time, like twenty, thirty years after you know they had their heyday. Like, are their labels still like just pushing them to radio? Because um, there's no good reason I shouldn't hear that on, you know, Bob FM or, like, that's probably, like, where it would land. No, um, I think a lot of times you have, like, I mean, la- like, labels, you have, you know, licensing people, and then you also have, like, you know, that's prob- that's a very complicated, that's something we don't want to get into right now. That's a very... Yeah, that's probably a different show. Yeah, their labels, uh, it dep- their publishers are pushing them, not their labels. Okay. Or their publishing companies or stuff like that. Or even their... Management or themselves, but yeah, but when we hear "Stairway to Heaven," you know, ad nauseum for years and years and years, somebody's pushing it to radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, but that's a good song. It's a good song. Thank you for bringing it to us. You're welcome. All right, let's go back. <laughs> Back on Band of Horses, um, which originally was called Horses, and you know why they had to change the name? I mean, there's the obvious thing. Patty Smith? No. 
There was another band called There's Horses, a, but guess who was in it? Neil Young. A bunch of horses. Don Johnson of Miami Vice fame. Oh, yeah. He did. He did. Do you remember in the 80s? Like, he did have, like, this, like, peripheral singing career. Yeah, that's yeah, a little it bit was of that. like it was like the Bruce Willis. Like a of, Kevin Bacon slash. Uh, yeah. He had a hit. Yeah. Russell Crowe thing. Oh, yeah. What is it? 10,000, 100 million I mean, yards of grunts. 30 odd foot of grunts. Yeah. No, best Upper, band Upper name ever. friends with him. Like, it's true. Um, All right. But anyway, yeah, like uh but anyway, yeah, Don Johnson was in a band called Horses, and this band was originally called Horses, and so I actually think it's it's kind of a genius move to just call it Band of Horses. I mean, no, I do too. Yeah. It's a better band name. But but seriously, Don Johnson's band that sells so many records. I'd like to see yeah. how many records they sell a year, by the way. Uh, hard to say. I haven't done my research on yeah, that. Like that some song corner. called Heartbeat. I think it was Heartbeat. It was like a in the eighties. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, brother. Uh, but I did find that amusing that Don Johnson made them uh, change their name to arguably a better name. It is a better name. Uh, anyhow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just Don Johnson killed my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so, going to be my band. Yeah, well, sure. Don Johnson <laughs> killed my podcast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. You should just get like a. You should get like one of those like velvet, not velvet, like one of those like pink ladies from the from. Well, okay. So here's another thing. Uh, guess which region of the world like latched onto this band first? Luxembourg, you're Japan. Not, you're not far off. Um, Scandinavia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, like they got sense. really big in like Denmark and Sweden. Uh, well, which, but they like that echoey shit out there. All that actually, that's not true. Like Sweden metal. has a great reputation for being super hook friendly. Yeah. What? Well, because they catch a lot of fish. Yes. Boom! So, I'm dropping the mic. Yes, please <clears throat> drop it on your way out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that is shame. Wow! 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 I just know. Anyway. I just got demonished. Oh yes. Anyway. Yeah. This re- this uh, record was a hit in Norway, Denmark, France, and Sweden. You know, I mean, it could happen. They they listen to records. They well, they oh, chart sorry. elsewhere. No, it's okay. I was done. So I I find this band to be sort of like the precursor to a lot of stuff that that came after, and then not too long afterward, like the hammer came back down. Like there was like a little bit of. I mean, you see the Fleet Foxes, Fleet Foxes. You see what they were doing with like harmonies, but also with with dual chiming guitars. Um, like I think they were in a lot of ways. They, what kind of put what put that baby in a corner, as it were, um, was a very specific sound that if you listen to their last record, they 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 consciously tried to get away from. But that was the sound for a while. So well, it I, like and it worked for. I have, a, I have a question for you guys. So the so one of the things that I have read in more than one place is that is that this this album would have been harder to put out this year than it would have been to put out the year that it came out. And not necessarily just because there are a bunch of other acts that it sounded like they could go on tour with, which is, you know, not nothing. Um, Everything that Phil Eck produces. Yeah, apparently, right? <laughs> the yeah. Phil Eck tour palooza. <laughs> exactly. It's, people are like, I wish I knew who that was. But anyway, like, yeah, um, to to that end, I guess the, the place where a lot of these comments net out is uh, – 
that that the reason that it couldn't be made today is that it's more contemplative in nature. Like, do you agree? Like, it's is that musically contemplative and lyrically just kind of there? Right. I don't know. There's a lot of con. There's always going to be contemplative music. I mean, like, I mean, is that just the atmospherics talking, or like lyrically, Shane? Like, no, I'm just saying. Do you guys guy? call this psychedelic? Like, I feel like it's got like a toe in it. I don't. I don't know I if don't I get what that. This sounds. I mean, I, I don't necessarily know how to put it, and I mean, it just seems like. But psychedelic toe would be a great a indie rock, <laughs> like without the fuzz pedals. I don't know. It's. It's really, you know, like I, I love, I absolutely love, and this is why it's so, it's so funny that we have this podcast. But I love that, you know, t- you know, talking about music is like dancing about architecture, and sure. it's very true. Like, like saying, well, is it psychedelic or is it this or is it, you know, is it? Just yeah. listen to the fucking thing. Like, I, I do think that. Um, a band of horses record is a band of horses record is a band of horses record. Like, there's, yeah, no, there's, I agree. You're no, that's mistake true. That for anybody else. And I could say, like, well, I mean, the other the other thing that kind of struck me is like, okay, I can imagine like when these guys were opening for Sam Beam and like some of the other stuff that ended up getting them that deal on, um, Beam. yeah, uh, doing um, some of the stuff that they were doing on the undercard when they ended up getting signed by Sub Pop. Like, I could imagine whatever if you. If your flannels have been put away for only a few years and you're still living in Seattle and you catch these guys live and you don't know who they are, like, I would bet that was a pretty arresting show. But, you know. I was going to say this earlier. This band, I've never seen them live, but I'm going to say this pretty much like I said about last week's band, um, Broken Social Scene. Like, they really seem like they would be so great live. Like, well, and yeah, yeah, you bring up good point. Like I haven't seen either one of those bands live, and I I felt like this week listening to this record, like, dude, I need to. And I know that I've brought up on the podcast, but where um, like I can't remember which show, but like years ago, I was working at a restaurant, and this dude comes in after having been to ACL, and um, right as the sun was setting, his drugs kicked in, and they started playing the funeral. And he was just had this like glossy look in his eye, like you know, like gazing up towards the heavens, like you know, that was just like the most important like moment of his and life. That sounds up to awesome. That point. Yeah, like I, I get it. Um, is it I would sad? Is it sad to me that it's like I'm equating him with the dude that heard uh, whatever we were listening to that week coming out of your car window when he was pushing carts around at the grocery store? <laughs> like, what's that again? Oh, oh like, man, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're catching me unawares if you you're giving me a, a like. A break to think about it. It um, may have been. Oh, it was, it, um, it was Astro. It was Astro. It was Van Morrison. Oh, it was Van Morrison. That's yeah. right. It was a song I didn't actually hey, dude, like that much. But that, but that guy was like, "What is that? What is that? Oh, that that's freedom amazing. Uh, but you know what? This actually did remind me of that a band that I saw a lot. Uh, it was a local band, Winslow. Kevin, I think. You oh saw yeah, them I remember bunch. those guys. Yeah, sure. they were a good band. Yeah, and they had a lot of those kind of like you know, um, you know, majestic things going on and arpeggiated riffs, and then like it would explode into. Um, you know, a cacophony, but it all kind of worked. And they obviously didn't reach the heights that Band of Horses Well, had. and they got, and this is not anything. Very that few like, bands do. Sure. And they got. Not, not for not for how bad their music sounds, but. No. But yeah, like, yeah, some things had to go, had to go especially right for Band of Horses, and they did. So. Let's do one more of those, Ryan. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, The Great Salt Lake, which was the other single off this, and I didn't actually know that till today. Um, but. 
I actually didn't know the song till this week, so that apparently they didn't push it that hard or it just didn't latch on. I didn't know this was a single, and I didn't know it either that much. It's it, it, well, we'll talk about it after. Back in the This from the Pitchfork take on this album. Uh, the author of this piece says, Band of Horses' alternately lucid and obscure songwriting remains life-size even as their guitars swell beyond the everyday. Album centerpiece, The Great Salt Lake, begins with a jangly guitar that suggests early R.E.M., Ryan Deere's perk up. What, what, what? what? <laughs> lying low to the ground during the verses until the chorus takes off. They also successfully work in that contrast between Earthbound and Airbound on other tracks like The Funeral and Monsters and etc. But anyway, yeah, so... Well, that's... That, that, it is a spiraling cinematic track. It, it definitely is. It's also got a little bit of dissonance in it, but it's just enough that it doesn't bother me. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, like, I like a little bit of Discord, um, but when you get to, like, your, say, Mac DeMarco level, like, um, Lost... Yeah, you're like, pass. Shane, thoughts? That's uh, a really boring song. That's have an opinion. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Firstly, that's how I feel about it. It's just that's like Band of Horses painting by numbers. That's when it, that's one of those songs. It's just like makes me think. Oh, I can't wait till you have like one of your greatest hits albums. Did you like the the more acoustic stuff? There's a couple songs on this record that are more acoustic. It starts um, honestly, man. After the funeral, it just all starts blending in. Well, that's what I told you. I, I texted you. Uh, like right after. No, part I, one. I think part one, the song before this. I really like that song. Um, so I, I had to do with this. Weed record. party's all right, which I thought was pretty funny. Like the it's a weed party, yeehaw. A, well, and they, act, I think they actually say yeehaw in it. He, he does. He does. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I did text you going like, "Hey, pro tip, um, call it the Susie and the Banshees effect. Don't listen to um, the funeral." Well, I lo- I really love record. all the four songs before, the, or the three songs before the funeral. Like those are my three favorite songs on the album. And then once you hit the funeral, then it slowly starts going downhill. From in my opinion, like, but I mean, it's all good. It just starts getting samey after a while. It does get samey. And, yeah, and I like, think that's that's a fair that's a fair criticism. I don't even know if it's a criticism, but yeah, like I, I mean, there. No, what I was thinking on the way over here is there are not. Peaks and valleys, there are peaks. There are no valleys, but there are definitely peaks. And then it kind of levels out as like, yeah, it's a band of horses. Peak, peaks no, and plateaus. I mean, it's good. I think, I think the overall yeah, peaks and plateaus. Is, it's, a, yeah. it's a pretty good album. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, all right. Uh, who's got a uh, current affair? I have a current affair Cannon. this week. And um, 
Yeah, there's uh, there's Kurt and Courtney news, you guys. Uh, oh, a man who's been the, dead the newlyweds. Yeah, uh, in this case, we're talking about uh, Kurt Vile and Courtney Barnett, who are uh, have put out a record together, and we're gonna play a song. Isn't uh, she op- gay? Like, I thought, yeah, I thought you were gonna say that they're. Yeah, she is, but they just put a record out. Together. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, well, can, that makes a lot can, more sense. Can two people make music? Is that all right with you? Yeah. All right. So yeah, let's listen to Over Everything. So, Kurt Vile, Courtney Barnett, uh, partnering up on a new record that's coming out. Is it a whole album or just? Yeah. It's, a, it's a whole album. They're already touring it. They're going to be here like very shortly. Yeah, the record's called "Lot of Sea Lice." That's a song called "Over Everything," and um, safe to call it sprawling. And um, it's probably not as funny as some of the stuff that she writes herself, certainly. But well, like uh, initially, like I was really drawn in by the music, and then I got taken over by oh the God. video, and I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, I didn't realize Ansel Adams was still alive and, <laughs> and directing music videos. I mean, yeah, I figured that your your filmography, I would appreciate a lot of that, oh, too. Oh, man, the, I was the composition that was video, really well shot. The scenes are beautiful. It's a gorgeous video. And the premise is super straightforward, right? Except a little silly in that, like, he he voices over all the stuff that she said, her, her parts and vice versa. And it's a lot of swi- flipping back and, and forth. But then it ends at, at some point where... It, they stopped singing that stuff. And well, initially it was like a what's that um, uh, Zoe Deschanel project? Like she and him. Um, oh, I right. can't remember who the him was because I just love Zoe uh, Deschanel. Yeah, Matt and Kim. No, uh, no, it kind of seemed no. like they were they were kind of being a Portland musician about it who I can't remember right now. Yeah, trading off you know uh, stanzas and whatnot. But anyway, no, I just got mesmerized by the video. Like yeah, I, the only I, thing ugly about that video was was Kurt Vile. Well, the guy is not very easy. He's, well, yeah, yeah he's n- I wouldn't call him easy <laughs> on the eyes. Uh, I'll tell you, man, I, I got to say about that song, like, I'm not a huge Kurt Vile fan. I like Cornel Bryant out He's more. from what? The War on Drugs? He uh, originally. He started yeah. the War on Drugs. Man, we'll talk about that as the most boring fucking popular band right now. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. But that's a whole other show. Um, I just, yeah, it's this, I don't really get him, and I get... Courtney and Barnett, but I don't love to listen to her. But I fucking love that song. That song kicked ass, man. Like in my opinion, yeah. No, it's a great track. I think. I think the point has been made that they both. The funny thing is, like, they both kind of have this this slacker ethos, but they're both really productive. Like these guys work all the time. Yeah. So anyway, he apparently started writing the songs on this record with her in mind, and then eventually they got together on it and and have. Put something together. So if it's any, if, if the first track is any indication, I think it could be interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely interested. I was not interested when I first saw that they were doing the collaboration together, but 
But after uh, hearing that, fact like, is like virtually anything Courtney Barnett does so far, I'm on board with. To right the, to the point where like uh, our buddy Colby Kevin, um, our former roommate, also like uh, wrote me like after listening to our podcast about uh, the Courtney Barnett record that we covered. He was like. Are you feeling okay? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I don't. I've never heard you speak this positively about anything. Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, she, good. she just hits me where I live. Yeah. Uh, no, I get that totally. And she's, she's got, she's a singular talent. It's just not always fun for me to listen to more than like two songs in a row. There's, no, but I don't know what that was about that that particular song. Um, that like it just kept pushing the tension, pushing the tension, pushing the tension. It was a little more melodic. Than both of them normally are. Well, and she, I think she, I, she feels more succinct in her delivery than he. Typ- like he typically like is meandering and kind of takes his time getting That's there. That's true. And so I feel like that that point counterpoint on that track. She reined him in a little bit. A little bit, of, like yeah. yeah, you kind of oh, have yeah, to it, play to your partner. Yeah, it worked really well. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like. Shane is like, speechless. Yeah, that well, never happens. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, <laughs> speechless. I was gonna say like, I can't wait to see the rest of the record. I can wait to to hear the rest of it. But I'm but I'm I'm more excited than I'm much more excited than I was before. Cool. I before I'd heard that I I had no interest at all. And there you go. Now you have some. I have quite a bit more. All right. Uh, all right. So you guys want to know what we're doing next week? Yes. Is Do I? Do I? No. <laughs> yeah. So next week we're gonna um, and. I, the funny thing is, so um, the, tonight I've mentioned uh, our buddy Chad on a couple of different occasions. He turned up uh, wearing a shirt that's the cover of a record that I have heard tons about, and I just, for whatever reason, never gave it, never gave it time to connect. And I am speaking about, of course, the Black Alicious record, Blazing Arrow. So that's what we're going to do next week. Cool. That sounds great to me. Okay. Black Alicious, Blazing Arrow. Yeah, you remember Black Alicious? Uh, vaguely, I think Ni- early nineties. Like when you and I were working together, late nineties. I think I saw their tour bus with like their logo on it during South by. Um, other than that, nothing. Anyway, yeah. So I may, um, I may get Chad to come in and sit in and join us for that one. But yeah, next next go round we'll do Black Alicious, Blazing Arrow. Sounds good to me. Cool. Sweet. Until then, I'm Gavin. I'm Ryan. I'm Shane. I'm Mark. This is somebody likes it. Oneofus.net has been your one-stop shop for all things geek for years. But there's a side to them many of you have never heard. The subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Pub, The Original Gentleman, and the Watch a Movie With Us series. Head on over to oneofus.net and don't forget your towel.